This is the Team Clear Coat Podcast. We're two friends finally doing something about our obsession with cars. We're probably not doing it well, but it should be fun. We might actually learn something along the way. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. And this is our show. Hello, Dave. Hi, Ian. Uh, today, we have a guest in the blanket, where we've trapped yet another person <laughs> and convinced them. We've lured them to your basement. Uh, with us today is Ted Parks. Uh uh, founder, owner, <laughs> chief mechanic, and also lowest plebe uh, <laughs> of uh, Varsity Roadshows. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so welcome to the Blanket Fort. Uh, thanks for agreeing to follow us down some stairs to whatever this is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks like something out of Silence of the Lambs or something. So <laughs> I just hope I get out of here alive. We haven't even gotten <laughs> to the lotion yet. That's good. <laughs> um, so we, you're here today because uh, we talked about this on the show uh, quite a lot uh, a few months ago. Yeah. I uh, broke my ankle and went to physical therapy and saw your car, your creation, um, and left a note on your windshield. Um, and so let's bring up a picture of Ab- it. So absolutely. The only pictures we've seen on the show have been my terrible cell phone <laughs> pictures. <laughs> so it's nice to see uh, a real one. If you uh, if you're not, if you're listening to this on iTunes, you're not watching the YouTube video. Make sure you Google Varsity Roadsters Denver. Uh, that should get you to where you need to go. Um, it's a, it's this gorgeous car that has all these different elements in it. Uh, so we're really excited to have you on and talk about the, oh, thanks. the crazy journey to the to get yeah. to this finished product. Well, as you guys already experienced, I love talking about cars and this car in particular. So uh, this is a pleasure for me. So I, I want to talk about the way that I saw it yeah and then the way and like how i'm sure that you get a lot of your interactions where people are like what is that (laughs) because i was so the the situation was uh you usually park like on the second floor of a parking garage right and i was going to the fourth floor and so I was like going around you were Tokyo drifting through the <laughs> turns as, <laughs> as you do four wheel drifting yeah. <laughs> as you do. And so I was going down and I just like caught the like the little bit of the front fender through, you know, through the gaps in the in the parking garage. And I was like, is that a Cobra? <laughs> what is that? And then so I I doubled back around like I went back and did a loop around the parking lot looked like a crazy person and then went back up and then I was like oh wait no that's a jet no that's a no no and then I was just ran out of stuff and then I got out and started looking at it and I was like oh this is something totally new that I've never seen before um, but it has like there's a little there's a little bit of Cobra in there there's a little bit of Corvette in there I think there's a little bit of Maserati in there yeah in the, sure with that hood scoop yeah um, and a little bit of 250 GTO and yeah all that so is that when when people come up to you are they if they're enthusiasts are they just like in a state of confusion and like panic <laughs> yeah, they don't they've it's, exhausted their resources uh, there are a lot of people really knowledgeable car people in this town and uh, it's the, it's a head scratcher for them because there are people who know and can identify any car that exists and then you guys may be those guys and uh, to see this car is puzzling frustrating and intriguing and just, <laughs> that, you know it usually happens at a stoplight right when it turns green right roll down right. their windows like what is that you know and i've got like seven seconds to try to <laughs> right. tell this story that we won't even cover in an hour today so i usually lie and say it's an old jag or something just so i can go where i'm going okay. but uh but yeah if you know cars and you see this car it is a head scratcher and the, the idea behind the design was to make something that looked factory um, and so it, it wouldn't be obvious that it was some one crazy dude's 
creation. Right. And, uh, and so when I get that, uh, it's a compliment to me because it means, okay, I achieved the goal of somebody thinks this is a factory car, but they just Absolutely. don't know what the factory is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, like it's, it, I, I love the, like that emotional roller coaster that somebody goes on as like a car enthusiast, like, oh God, what is that? There's something special. I don't know what, what like <laughs> what that is. Is it a, no, <laughs> like it, no, it must be something else like this up and down that you like, yeah, yeah you're not going to do that in seven seconds of the stoplight. Right. Yeah. But it's also funny because I'll recognize in them when I say that it's something original, they kind of feel relieved because it wasn't like that was a car that exists that I didn't know because I know every car. Right. And, uh, right. and so when, right. when they hear it, okay, I, I, it's legit that I don't know that car. That's good. Right, you know? right. They get okay. like validation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I really am a car expert. Right, <laughs> right. It's like when like a, a, a zoologist discovers like a new frog. Right, They're like, exactly. oh, I, w- I wasn't hallucinating. Right, I, that yeah, really that, is something right. new and novel. Into yeah. the ecosystem. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love it. It's it's beautiful. You drove your red one over here today. It's, yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, the, yeah. So we we'd like to hear about like the artistic journey to it, and like you know the elements, yeah, like we were talking about, yeah, from uh, like the BMW and yep. and things like that. Yeah, so yeah. So let's start with w- why you oh. why you did this. <laughs> Absolutely, because uh, yeah. this is what we're showing now is your day job. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> I, like most car enthusiasts, I'm not lucky enough to make cars my career. So for me, uh, my day job is installing knee and hip replacements in people. So it's uh, a lot more like building cars than people imagine. Uh, I like this slide because it shows that I've got a hammer in my yes. hand. Yes. And I'm about ready to hit that piece of metal, which is a <laughs> knee replacement piece. And uh, it's all about sawing and drilling and cutting and measuring and, uh, and sort of... Uh, installing something that's plumb and square uh and that's what i do all day long installing uh hip and knee replacements and doing rotator cuff surgeries and acl reconstructions uh which is basically being a mechanic of the coolest machine ever ever which is the human body and that's just uh, you know i have the privilege of being able to work on open the hood on that and work on that which is really is an amazing machine uh, so much more amazing than anything we humans have built. Uh, so that's what I do from nine to five. And then after hours and on weekends, uh, I like to tinker with cars. That's fantastic. That's it, like, there's so many, like the Venn diagram of yeah, like, a lot of overlap. Yeah. Like mechanical <laughs> art, yeah. you know, automotive, like it, it's all just melds together. It converges yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of shrapnel in all elements <laughs> of it, like, whether it be like paint on the walls yeah, or blood stuff, on the wall. Oil, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Oil, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So so we're just stepping through a PowerPoint uh, slideshow that you, yeah. you gave us. So yeah. So that's my dad. And uh, so I grew up in a household where I had a dad who was a gearhead. And uh, cars weren't his obsession, but flying machines were, especially vintage early flying machines. That's a fantastic picture of your father. I think it's yeah. great. Yep. Yeah. And it really shows. I mean, that's uh, this is a plane that he built. Uh, it's made of wood and fabric. And uh, it's a replica of a World War I f- uh, flying machine. And so it's got the fake machine guns on it, you can see there. And it's oh, just, it okay. is just so cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and very Jules Verne kind of, uh, you know, look to it. And that's uh, the first time he stepped into it 
after completing it, and you can just tell the smile on his on face. His face. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Right. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, I grew up that that project to complete that project took about twelve years, and pretty much all of my conscious growing up years were uh, going out to the garage and being asked to hold two pipes while he welded them, and, uh, <laughs> and like I, I, he did, I didn't have any eye protection, so I had to close my eyes, and I just felt the pipes getting hotter and hotter, and the like the sparks burning my skin, and he's like, sure. "Don't you move now," you know. <laughs> So there's hours of that kind of stuff. <laughs> otherwise, um, daddy's going to fall that's out right. of the otherwise, sky. Otherwise, this torch is going on you. So, you know, parenting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good, high-quality parenting. But uh, like it or not, you just got it. I got immersed into the idea that you could, if something that you wanted didn't exist, you could make it. Because yeah, this was something yeah. he wanted, and he built it, you know? Yeah. And it was so absurd to, to tackle that project, but him doing it just sort of showed me, you know, you, there's no limit to what you can do if you just put your mind to it. That's and, absolutely uh, right. That was his project, was building this plane. That's amazing. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, it's so there it is cool. without the skin on it. And Jeez. I think, right, I would just stop there. I would love to have that, like, somehow on display somewhere. It's right. so beautiful, just the the sort of architecture of what's under absolutely. the skin on one of these yeah. things. Yeah, It was for kind sure. of a shame to cover it. Uh, yeah. But that's, that's when he finished everything short of the skin. Uh, and that's uh, him and a buddy of his. That's amazing. That probably that poor guy probably got roped into holding some metal parts too. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell all of your father's friends from like the the yeah, welding yes. birds and on actually, their forearms. The guy in the who's sitting in the pass in the uh, cockpit is uh, uh, a patient of mine, and I uh, just fixed. Uh, he's now in his eighties. Yeah, and, this, is, uh, this is a great and story. So uh, I put a knee replacement in him uh, a year and a half ago, and he's he's uh, despite his age, he is sharp as a tack. And still inventing things, and he was fascinated with this project that my dad was doing, and, and they hung out a lot together during that time. The, this this circular community of like people involved in you know the development of your car and yeah. like yeah like it, with a medical overlap is yeah, yeah that's that's fascinating. I'm yeah. also just in awe, and, and this applies to your project as well, of anyone who has a 12 year project that they finish because like yeah. any of yeah. my projects that last more longer than say like 12 hours yeah it, it might as well not exist anymore because it just doesn't get done well i yeah. think that, that that the same thing happened i i think that the same thing happened to me as happened to my dad in that there were two sort of elements to that the first element is being naive mm-hmm. and starting it thinking this will be a year two years you right. know you almost and, uh, need that yeah you have right? to have, if you if i knew like i could never do it now because i i it's just too big of a project and so mm-hmm. i naively thought it won't be that big time wise it won't be that big cost wise so i'm going to jump into it i know dad felt that about this sure and sure. then the second element is you get into it deep enough you're like, well, what am I going to do now? I can't quit. Right. And like right. take a Sawzall and put this in a dumpster somewhere. That just can't happen. I got too much time and money invested in it. Yeah. So there's sort of like this point of no return Absolutely. that comes after the naive part. And so that I think those two elements are what got him through that. Yeah. And definitely, I can say, got me through the car. Uh, the naivete to start, to get it started, and then just kind of the fear of, oh man, I can't stop now. I got I got too much into this. The thing. project event horizon, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so full of metaphors. Money, black holes, yeah. et cetera. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And so, so that's the finished product. That's amazing. Uh, who did the design on the wings? So that is uh, a design that existed in World War One. Oh, no uh, way. To like obfuscate the view or? Yeah, from above, right. that looks right. like the land below you. Sure, and, sure. And uh, this, this plane was in a group of planes that were called the Flying Circus. And that was a squadron of German fighter pilots who were really different from everybody else. Everybody else's planes were painted in the standard German paint scheme sure but this group of guys uh, and I got uh, 10 or 20 guys headed by the most famous pilot of that era which was the Red Baron uh, Manfred von Richthofen uh, his group of guys said forget that we're going to paint our planes crazy colors and we're going to put the name of like our girlfriend Low. Uh, Low is Ernest Udet's girlfriend. So he painted her name on the side. That was unheard of back then. You sure, know? but sure. everything was unheard of. Planes were like four years old. Uh, it was brand yeah. new technology. Well, you know? so it was camouflage, right? Yeah, right. that was yeah, the first exactly. war where yes. camouflage was a big and thing. And so right? that's wow. got a camouflage on the. If you're looking from above, the wings look camouflage. Yeah. But the the paint scheme, a red plane is crazy, and you know the Red Baron, his plane was red, and other guys in that uh, squadron had planes of all different colors and funky designs. Okay, and they were just. Uh, crazy guys you know uh, that that wanted to be contrarian compared to the other outfits and i don't know I guess the German military put up with that because they were a very successful squadron that had a lot of victories. Sure. So I think that bought them some leeway in the way they painted their machines. This, and this was his paint scheme. That's amazing. They, like the camouflage to automotive overlap is so great because I'm a huge fan of dazzle camouflage. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the old ship camouflage with the mm -hmm. big black and white. And yes. To how yeah. they obfuscate prototype cars today, yeah. like with all the swirls yeah, of black right. and white. Yeah, yeah. Like the camouflage car. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, on the tail of the plane, there uh, are the letters du das nicht, which I th uh, means in German, don't do that. Or uh, that when you get shot as a pilot, you always got shot from behind. So if a plane was on your tail, uh, that's when you were in danger. And on the okay. back of his, he should, probably should have put it in English, though. <laughs> it <laughs> right. says, uh, you know, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. They're just hilarious that these guys uh, were kind of clowning around at the same time that they're, they're out they're killing people and getting killed. Sure. Well, I, I also want to point out, like, the, the other nice overlap between, like, planes of this era and, like, the warfare from this era. And your dad's project and your project is, like, in World War One, the aviators then were just, like, dudes off yeah. the street who were like hey that yeah. looks fun i'm yes. gonna do that yes and they just did it yeah and like there there wasn't like a regimented process for becoming right an aviator then it was just you're crazy enough to do yeah. it. yeah yeah and a lot of people weren't crazy enough to get in a thing like that and take it up in the air and the, the death rate for just accidents in training was oh, yeah. super high sure and nobody knew anything about planes back then planes yeah they were, were astronauts yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> they were astronauts yeah <laughs> it was no trial. training <laughs> yes yeah. trial and air trial and, and, and maybe death yeah. Yeah. Being, being as it was a war and they needed a huge volume of these guys it right. wasn't even as metered as developing an astronaut it was like give me 100 guys i know we're going to lose 50 of them but the other 50 will go out and do what we need them to do right so yeah it was it was brutal that way well and i think that's why a lot of like car people you know and and motorsport people in particular like there's a lot of overlap between yeah those that era of yeah. of aviation yes. and interest yeah. in that era of aviation and interest in like vintage cars racing yeah. and stuff like that and yeah. it's kind of that wild west uh gearhead uh, this was Things were being invented then and created then, right? And that's yeah. that's really neat. Uh, that period of time in aviation, and you know, years before that, that that period of time in automobiles. But uh, there's a lot of overlap there, right? Absolutely. Which uh, brings us to the other piece of the yeah. Venn diagram yeah. that Dave was talking yeah. about. 
the, uh, the, the artistic art piece, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I was explaining that when I was growing up, I had my dad. So my dad, we talked a lot about him and, and his passion, which was building this plane and building things in general. And uh, my mom, on the other hand, was an artist, and she was oil painting all the time. And we were always recruited as kids to paint uh, on her canvases because her instructor didn't want her to ever paint on a blank white sheet. She had to have some kind of pigment on there, even if it was the wrong color. They, he just felt that that gave the piece depth. So uh, my job a lot of times was to paint something, even if it was just all one color on the canvas, so she could then uh, make a portrait of it. So I got to use oils a lot, and I sort of became comfortable painting portraits. And this is a portrait of a guy that I've known my whole life. He's an orthopedic surgeon. He ended up hiring me and giving me my job where I work now. He uh, fixed my broken arm when I was six, and then when he was 70, I did a shoulder replacement on him. So we went full circle together. Yeah. And uh, when he retired, I put a, I did this piece, and it hangs in our office now. That's that's fantastic. It's br- yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. It, it it's a beautiful painting. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. No, you have a lot of talent. That's for sure. Uh, oh yeah. So we were talking about artistic influences, Jackson Pollock. Yeah. Yeah. And the the, the reason I put this in here is that uh, I I found a parallel between automobiles and art in that there are very different and specific genres that people tend to like and other genres that people tend to hate. Exactly. And, yeah. Uh, so this is a Can genre be very that's polarizing. Yeah. Exactly. So this yeah. is uh, obviously abstract stuff. Jackson Pollock, a famous artist who has a lot of followers. Uh, it's not what I like in art. I probably wouldn't uh, hang this in my house, but a lot sure. of people are passionate about this. And uh, then the other examples are just, you know, a Picasso and yeah. uh, and these other styles, which are all very legitimate, high level art, but just so different from each other. Right. And the same is true in cars. Uh, when you look at the different uh, sort of genres of cars, and absolutely, people are passionate in their little niche, but not necessarily that interested in other niches. And right. And uh, when I was doing this project, I. Uh, I, at one point, I thought about commercializing it and selling these cars. And one of the flaws there is that my little niche in cars, the things I like, which are 50s, 60s sports cars, that's not universally what everyone likes, you know? So the market isn't as big as you think when you're in that rabid kind of uh, the, enthusiasm. Part. Like an internal bias. Yeah, right? absolutely. To, think, totally to project like yeah. your, your likes onto somebody yes, else. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm always guilty of doing. I've sure. always assumed that everybody likes what I like, which just isn't the case. It isn't the case in art and it isn't the case in cars. But I, I, that's really funny because I think that loops back to some medical training because like you're specifically taught that bias is something you need to be super aware of when it comes to diagnosis. Right. And like all of these outside influences versus just what you assume. Yeah, no, absolutely true. And it's something I have to, I'm, I'm, I always have to watch myself because I'm, I tend toward that. I guess humans just tend to. Yeah, it's yeah. natural. It's our nature. Know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, a Monet and yeah. yeah, there's Rembrandt. This yeah. is this is more the style I like, which yeah. is a realist style. Uh, but uh, but that's just what appeals to me. It doesn't appeal to everybody. And, right. And I think the, all the next slides are cars and and the same sort, of, sort of theme of what the different examples of car genres would be uh some of which i don't like that much and some i'm really passionate about yeah so that uh brings me to so let's go to the the car because you you kind of touch on a bunch of different like car cultures right or yeah. subcultures yeah. in here a- yeah absolutely so your <clears throat> excuse me your kind of like upbringing in cars or whatever your first entry into cars like where did you start out and did you ever dabble in other pieces of car culture like did you get into driving or did you get into different um 
different yeah, eras Yeah, I never cars. competed as a driver. Uh, okay. And uh, again, I kind of came at this from the art standpoint. Sure. So I, uh, rather than um, having the goal to make a car that cornered and, and like would beat everybody on the track, that never was a priority. Uh, it really, the priority was to achieve something that was aesthetically what I wanted. Right. And I wanted something in along the lines of uh, a series of cars, the photographs of which are coming up, that uh, were these 50s and 60s sports cars that to me just epitomized the art of an automobile. Y- you had visual and emotional benchmarks versus like technical right. or speed yes, benchmarks. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I really like that. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah, so it, these are just some, like, talking about some, uh, like, you know, there's muscle car people, there's, right, you know. Hot rod people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tuner the, car people. Yep, and, exactly. The rally cross folks. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The vaping super bro- yes. super bros. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, and they're all just, they're totally legitimate, you know. Right, and, right. Uh, yeah. But they're very different, and there isn't always a lot of crossover. I can respect these cars because they're engineering masterpieces all of them and, right and, right uh, uh but uh, you know it isn't where i put my time and energy into th- these subsets necessarily yeah ian and i like being that like we focus on automotive culture with this show like we went off-roading for a day with the rocky mountain automotive nice. press and uh-huh. like we're track rats like uh-huh. that's what we like to do but like off-roading it was like okay we get it like yes. you know we yeah. can see why someone would want to do this it's yeah. not for us but it, but i think that level of empathy or like just being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes is is really important when it comes to overall enthusiasm absolutely and for design i think a lot of novelty in design comes from that cross-pollinization absolutely of going off the reservation and doing something that at first you're like this isn't going to be for me but then you're like okay well these i took away a couple elements that I'm going to build into what I'm doing next. Right. You know, right. Uh, the, there are smart people in each of these genres doing amazing things. Right. And uh, you, you can't write off any of these. They're, they're brilliant. There's brilliance in every one of these. Absolutely. And a lot to be learned and taken away from. That's one of my favorite ways of explaining car culture to non-car people is like the analogy of everything interesting that's ever happened in all of human civilization was the result of like information sharing between two different cultures, you know, like pasta, you know, like that wouldn't exist without two cultures kind of interacting Uh together. Uh And, uh, you know, so things like, uh, like a resto mod, you know, is, right. yeah. wouldn't exist without a Marco Polo between those <laughs> two right. subcultures yes. yeah. kind of talking to each yeah, other. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which I, I always love that when whenever anything like that happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh yeah, so these were some some other, like kind so, of getting more towards like yeah, so what you were is, shooting for. Yeah, this, this was is, sort of what I see as the aesthetic you know, highest level. This is a Ferrari. Yeah, I think that's a 250. 250. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just such a gorgeous car, you know. You know, and Uh, aiming low, you know. (laughs) Only the most expensive car in the world. Exactly, yeah. So (laughs) Right, uh, dime a dozen Ferraris. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that was something to look at and lust after, but realize that I'm never going to own, you know. Sure, sure. Uh, A pragmatic approach. Yes, exactly. But it was cool to look at. And I mean, to me, that is what, like an art connoisseur sees when they see uh, a Monet or something. This, this to me means what that does to them. This is right. The, whatever the little thing in your brain is that gets tickled by an artistic masterpiece, this does it for me. Uh, it's just so beautiful from every angle. I mean, it's yeah. as, as a car design person, this is done right. It's yeah. in my opinion, in, in, in for my tastes. Absolutely, yeah. And this is another great uh, car, yeah. uh, design wise, a BMW 507. So uh, in the fifties, BMW wanted a 
make a car competitive with the Gullwing, which was a very successful Mercedes car at the time. Yeah. And this was their attempt. It didn't work commercially, but I think aesthetically, it's I just love the so look of it. achingly gorgeous. It yeah. really is. Yeah, yeah, it yes. is. Yeah. Just a gorgeous little car. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the 58 Corvette, right. which was sort of GM's response to what was going on in car design at the time. A guy named Harley Earl designed this car and a couple other generations of Corvettes. And they get criticized for being a little too chromey and a little too Art Deco-y, but that really is, I love that look. I yeah. like that that look about these cars. Yeah, well, they, somebody's always going to criticize Of course, it. yeah. Yeah. My, oh, yeah. People my, tear my car apart all the time, and yeah. I, I, I totally appreciate that. It's not for everybody. You yeah, know? yeah. But that's yeah. art. Yeah. There's a gorgeous car here. This yeah, is this the Mercedes, yeah. the, the, the 300 convertible version of the Gullwing. I love convertibles, and one of the requirements for a car for me, it has to be a convertible. Living in Denver, I mean, the weather's so good here. You it can is. drive with the top down so often. It's right? Just, you got to have a convertible. Anything, any Mercedes with stacked headlights, vertical yeah, stacked yes. headlights, right? Give it to yeah. me. Yeah, I'll yeah. take it. I saw a sedan, uh, an older sedan with stacked headlights the other yeah. day. And it, like, you just catch the corner of it, and it's like, oh, yeah. yes. It's, yeah. They're beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful design right yeah yeah and then the, the volvo a pedestrian little company like volvo makes a masterpiece like this right? i don't know if they outsourced their design i can't remember uh but that is just a beautiful car it's a yeah. volvo yeah it yeah. isn't a convertible so it's a non-starter for me but i couldn't pass it up in this slideshow because the the it's just gorgeous absolutely absolutely like i would i would put this in the running with anything else as yeah, far me as too. design goes me too yeah. and I, yeah. i'm surprised it wasn't more successful commercially because it's yeah. so pretty and well, the thing is too you see them yeah like, they're out they're, you yeah. still see them around yeah. yeah so they're still like not so valuable that they're just locked away in garages yeah. and they're still running <laughs> yeah <laughs> love to get one crazy. someday and yeah. maybe cut the roof off and make it a convertible there you go <laughs> yeah just just find a, the rattiest one you can yeah, on Craigslist exactly. yeah. yeah I'm yeah. sure people are like having a heart attack about <laughs> sacrificing one of these rare pieces to, to hack it up and make it a convertible that's probably blasphemy yeah, for the Volvo know. cult but uh, but anyway I, I acknowledge that that's a gorgeous car yeah. a beautiful beautiful car yeah and uh, yeah there's the AC Cobra of course and uh, you know they made two styles of these this is the earlier one which is the um, the smaller engine um uh, it version uh, 283, I think it, or no, two, uh, can't remember the size of the engine, but it's the smaller engine, still a V8, sure. but it had this flat sides. It wasn't as big and muscular looking as the 427, which came later. Right, right. And uh, this, I actually like this. It's a little more understated design and a little more British car looking sure. than, than yeah. the, uh, the other ones. A little more AC than Yes, more yeah. AC than Cobra, yeah. 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 So, uh, so I think that's a gorgeous car and that definitely uh, influenced, you. it's obvious how that influenced my design a ton. Yeah. Uh, I love that car, but a real AC Cobra uh, of that vintage, especially the old flat-sided early ones, just out of reach for me yeah. financially. Yeah, it's funny though because the front of your car uh, is more the later style yes, Cobra, it is it's more yeah. 427. Well, one of the things that happened when I uh, we'll see in a minute that I end up uh, early in my life buying an old Corvette is I struggled with overheating. A lot. Right. So sure. I knew that whatever car I designed was going to have a huge mouth on the front of it <laughs> to cool that radiator. And right. it, I would never have an overheating right. problem. So yeah. that was one right. thing that was going to be a part of the design. Even if it looked crappy, it was going to have a big old opening in the front. Sure. Sure. So, so I guess that's mouse. a little piece of yeah. pragmatism in something else that's pure, uh, you know, uh, art. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. A little zoology with the large mouth bass. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
<laughs> so the, the great car here, the oh, Porsche yeah, the 550, 550 uh, yeah. made famous by, uh, uh, what's his, the actor's name? I forgot now. James uh, Dean. James Dean, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who died in his. Uh, yeah. But uh, a, a great track car that uh, the rich people could have as their as family driver or their driving car. I've seen more of those on trailers than I've seen yeah. on, driving on the yeah, street. Yeah, the real yeah. ones are just like all these cars, just out of yeah. reach expensive. Yeah. And, uh, but it's so cool looking. I just yeah. love the look of that car. Right. Yeah. And, and of then, course, the E-Type. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous car. Malcolm Sayer, who's the designer of this car, uh, is a genius. I mean, it's it's a gorgeous, gorgeous, cigar-shaped, graceful, yeah. just the right mixture of feminine and masculine sort of feel, you know, yeah. and it, it just, I love that car. It's gorgeous. And just instantly recognizable, too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. It's iconic. It's yeah. iconic yeah. for cars. Yeah. Because yeah. even like the, like oh. people who aren't into cars know what that is. Yes. Yeah. And, but like, you know, the differences between like, that BMW and the Ferrari even, you yeah. know, some of the similar shaped Ferraris and like the AC, like people yeah. wouldn't necessarily know what they are. Right. right. But, but that, yeah. that transcends just siloed automotive enthusiasm. Yeah, it really sure. does. Yep. Yeah. It really does. It's a work of art. It really yeah. is. Yeah. So what, which of these do you get <laughs> the most questions of, of like, is that what that is? Definitely. The, the thing that, and it kind of bothers me is most people, when they see my car, if they know about cars enough, they'll say, oh, is that a Cobra kit car? Oh, okay. And right. that just is like, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, it, uh, that, the, uh, when I was designing it, I was all, I really wanted this to be like an original design and it kind of, I I don't like the idea of taking someone else's design and copying it without sure. their permission sure. and making it for a lot cheaper and selling it. Sort of like, you know, when you go to New York and they have all the watches on sale that are knockoffs on Rolexes and stuff. Right. I think that's that's criminal if, uh, for the people who really designed it and deserve the credit for it. So to think that somebody thinks this car is a, is a kit car knockoff of somebody else's design is, I just don't like that at all. I, I, I will give you that, like, the, like, I completely understand the frustration with that, but I, like, the thing that I think of is like for the general public's knowledge, Cobra kit car is probably the first thing that they'd think Absolutely, of. Absolutely. Yeah. Like like that's kind of at the at the top of like what like popular opinion might be. Yeah. You yeah. know? And like yeah, I think it's almost an honor that like they would they would in, they, I'll try they to could, think of it that way. They could go from seeing your car to Cobra, yeah. you know. Well, yeah. Yeah, you're right. If if they can even put the word Cobra in the description, right. it's an honor for me. You're right. That's yeah. I guess I should look at it that way. Yeah, bring up the Can you bring up the car again really quick? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, As we go. Yeah. They, oh yeah, there's your beautiful uh, 57 or 58? 58. 58. Yeah, 58. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, we can we can circle back. These are some of the drawings that you did. These are fantastic. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So long yeah. for a long time because I didn't have the resources to buy any car. Sure. It was all just drawing cars and studying cars and Absolutely. making clay models of cars and just trying to with my hands get a feeling for what these curves were that I could I see I could see and identify them as beautiful, but I really didn't understand them until I started drawing them. Yeah, the exercise shows. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you, you yeah. had to do the put in the yeah. hours yeah. Uh, on paper and in clay to really for me to learn and uh, sort of internalize what these guys were achieving yeah. and what I wanted to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. Old Austin Healy. Yeah, you have to throw that in, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then this so is yours. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So that was the the idea. Right. Was to make this, which is a mashup of all those ones that we just scrolled through on the drawings. 
um, and uh, and it also had some things in it that I that I really wanted. I wanted a hard top that stowed in the car. Uh, I wanted uh, a, fu- a fuel injected motor with the air intake up front, so the the hood scoop had to come way down sure. close to the nose, like yep. the Austin Healey, and some practical things, but mainly just the car that that I thought was like the ideal look. Yeah, and totally acknowledging that that's. You know, it's what I love because I got to pick every square inch of the thing. Right, right. And it may, someone else may look at that and say, I would have done the front differently. I would have done the back differently. I totally am okay with that. But for me, this by definition is like the ultimate car. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you have a question about the design that you wanted to get to the picture of it? Oh, no, just I was, uh, I, I was really excited to talk about the influences of it. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's the, to me the most fascinating part about it because you know I think later on you, you showed us this slideshow earlier and there's pictures of other uh, other people who have done similar things yes. and the thing that struck me about the difference between those and yours was that you know kind of like uh, a really uh, cool band that you that you listen to and you're like oh I hear a little bit of that and a little bit of that but right. I've never heard anyone put all of those things together um, yours kind of like borrows from lots of little things whereas a lot of other cars that you see where similar projects it's like a reimagining of a E-type yeah. or a reimagining right. of a Cobra or whatever uh-huh. right. whereas I think it's harder to pin down with yours a little oh, bit absolutely Absolutely. like with some of the other ones you can tell like oh that's a Corvette with a twist Yeah. Right. Like so it's X car with some kind of twist right with yours it it just seems like all of these like i don't know like yeah like the stew that you've made is is really like its own thing oh thanks yeah that that means a lot to me so i want to play an fmk cars kind of based on that idea okay yeah yeah Yeah. all right so um so when i first saw it i thought you know oh there's some cobra in there and i for whatever reason i thought i landed on like some like uh 60s maseratis with that hood scoop yep uh and then there's definitely some e-type and stuff like that in there so what i want to do is play an fmk cars based on the modern equivalents of your influence awesome okay all right i'm so ready fmk cars is a game dave and i play on the show uh it's based off the classic game fuck Mary kill except we play it with cars instead of people because we're nice Uh, so in this game uh, fuck means you drive it for a day right Uh, M means you marry it as a new daily driver K means you kill it It goes to the crusher immediately okay I'm ready so the first one will be a uh, C7 Corvette Z06 okay yep all right yeah let's see we'll do it with the the crazy wing and the whole and the whole thing there we go yeah can you see okay around the camera I I can see it great and I know that car pretty well yeah so it's got basically the engine from the red car, yep. right? Yeah. Uh, but supercharged. Yes. And then crazy arrow and all that sort of and stuff. And great engineering on the suspension and and uh, and all that. Right. Yep. For sure. Okay. All right. So the I, next get, I get to see all three before I make absolutely. my choices, yep. right? Okay. Absolutely. Good, good, good. Yep. So the next one will be a Jaguar F-Type V8. Mm. Yeah. There's definitely some E-Type in your... Yes. Yeah. And we'll give you the convertible. Oh, there yeah. You go. Great. Yeah. Thank you. I'll no need the convertible. Yeah. You can have the convertible version of all three of these okay, if you want. I'm thinking the yeah. convertible vet too. There we yeah, go. Yeah, you, yeah, They make the convertible Z06. Okay. And then uh, the last one, so I wanted to go Italian because there's definitely some Italian yes, in there. Yep. Uh, but I didn't want, I thought actually the next evolution, the, the true evolution, I think there's a lot more Ferrari uh, 250 yeah. GTO in there. So that would have been a Ferrari F12. That would have been way too much better, way, <laughs> way too better than the other one. So I went Maserati Grand Coupe 
Okay. Well, we would go Grand Spider, I guess, but um, Grand Cabrio. Grand Cabrio? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's the older one. That's like 2001 to 2007 okay. yeah. era. Let's see if we can find a good picture of it. Uh, let me. Go, t- how about that one right there? Yeah, there we go. That'll work. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, convertible. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I know what I want to do. Okay, all right. Okay, that's going to the crusher. Oh, okay. Really? Maserati just <laughs> yes, right off yes. the bat. Okay. Okay. Um, just because its look, I think, is too homogenous with a lot of other things that I see on the street. Okay. okay. And, sure. Um, sure. You know, one of the frustrations for me and cars is that we have over years and decades figured out really what the shape of a car needs to be to be aerodynamic yeah. right. and to have crush zones that work efficiently to save people's lives and unfortunately that's led us all to one look yeah. and right. uh, a lot of cars they just wear different badges but they're the same body style with minor uh, modifications this obviously is a pretty big deviation from what I'm talking about but it's close enough right. compared to the other two cars this would be yeah. the more pedestrian of the yeah, three choices exactly. for sure so, yeah. and, it, and I'm just talking as a car design guy right yeah. now yeah absolutely so that design to me seems the most boring yeah. Uh, even though it's a great car and, mm-hmm. and all you owners out there of Maseratis, I'm not at all <laughs> trying to offend you. I I would love to be able to make a car half as nice as that. But since I got to send one, right. that one's going to the crush. Okay. I get it. I That's get a it. good answer. Yeah, I'd probably answer. do the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, that leaves the uh, the Corvette and the yeah. Jag. So this would be, the Jag would be my daily driver. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'm fascinated with Jags. Obviously, I I, I love the, the E-types and before that, the C and D-types. Yeah. And there's even a new... Uh, this isn't it, but I've seen it in the parking lot at work. Uh, a new Jag that's even more radical looking than this that is just gorgeous. So uh, I, I love Jag, and uh, I, so this would be my daily driver. Nice, nice. And uh, then this would be the one I'd use for a day and yeah. just horse around with and have lots of fun. Uh, but uh, but I probably wouldn't marry it. Okay, I get that. <laughs> What's really funny about that is uh, <laughs> the the Z06 has notorious overheating problems. Oh, you're kidding. Okay, well that's <laughs> just, Corvette revisited for me. Then. Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, of of all the three cars, it's not the Maserati or the Jag out of those three that has an overheating problem, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, right. It's the American built GM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I like it, that. The uh, I definitely want. Uh, and it was interesting. One of the things I needed to achieve in this car that I designed is I didn't want a car that would leave you at the side of the road one out of five trips, you know? Yeah. There's just nothing more frustrating than that, especially for somebody who's not that mechanical. And uh, when I was thinking about marketing the car, that was going to be one of the marketing uh, 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 sort of features. It's reliability. That, yeah, reliable. Yeah. Just uh, yeah. straight up uh, LS3 Corvette motor, nothing that you couldn't plug in at a gas station and get diagnostics on. Right. Uh, and, and I just can't stand a car, no matter how beautiful, if it's a pain in the butt. Right. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like dating the most pretty girl in high school. There's a lot of baggage that comes with that, you know, even though the aesthetics is there. So, uh, so I, I just, that, I would rather have a car that works great and just every time you turn the key it fires and, and it just doesn't give you any problems. Yeah, we've on the show we've talked quite a bit about reliability versus ownership and I'm, yeah. I'm the first one that's like that's taken the plunge more towards reliability out of uh-huh. the two of us with my old man Infinity sedan, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, well if you're using it for a driver and you have a job where you got to get there on time, it's it's tough not to have a car that, yeah. that does reliability. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm an idiot, and my, <laughs> the practicality chip just it's, is like deficient. It's huh? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. And, and you're the one out of us that has children, too. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I rage-fixed a water pump on my previous Saab uh, uh-huh. just one time, and it was like, that's it. Like, that's yeah. that's it. Yeah. Snapping clutch cables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But I so I have, a, I have an FMK Cars for you. I have another one that uh, okay. I want to take more to the artistic end. Okay. Um, so let's see here. Let me pull up some tabs here. I'm going to close that out. Okay. So obviously, I you're aware of the BMW art cars. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, this, yeah. this is going to be a trifecta of BMW art cars. Okay. So first up is going to be the David Hockney uh, uh, 850. Uh, let's see if we can find a good picture of it here. Okay. There we go. There's the Hockney 850. This is the one that on the other side, it shows uh, a silhouette of a driver. Uh, let me see if I can find a better picture of it. We're, we typically stick to free use images, but we'll uh, okay forego that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So there's the Hockney oh, yeah. okay. 850. I don't know if you're a fan of the 850. Um, uh, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not my my top car, but sure. again, I, all these cars are so awesome in yeah. the way they're engineered and, and designed. Yeah. Let's see here. So we have the Hockney 850. Then we're going to do the Liechtenstein 320. Um, I don't know where you stand on Liechtenstein from uh, an artistic perspective. Um, yeah, but I like I, Roy Liechtenstein. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know there was any car version of that. Yeah. Yeah. So he designed. Uh, he did the paintwork We're for no kidding. for Is this. He still alive? This is the guy who did like the yeah uh, the big pop comic art comic yep, stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. With the dots. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. The oh, huge yeah half tones. Yeah. I, I had love no that idea car. he was still yeah. around. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This was in 03, I think. Okay. He did this. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see. Oh, no, no, no. This was 1977. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, yeah. a, that's an old car. Yeah, yeah. That's like a 3.0, I think. Yeah. And then lastly, we're going to go for the, um, I'm going to give you the Frank Stella. Um, that was another three series, uh, CSL. Let's see here. Yeah, BMW and Art have always had a, an interesting relationship. Um, let's see here. So, yeah, here's the Frank Stella okay. uh, CSL. Okay. Absolutely wacky. Yeah. But gorgeous yeah. Though. <laughs> yeah. 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 So out of those three. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is tough. And um, I'll start by just saying that this idea of putting these radical graphics on the cars, I'm not a fan of only because for me, it's the lines on the car that are the art. Right. And these distract from... For my eye, uh, the, those the lines. contours of yeah, the car. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and it's funny when I did my car, I didn't put any stripes on it, like sure, have, yeah. Because I just want the bodywork to be the art to stand on not its own, to be d- distracted by any stripes or a solid or color. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get that. I so, get that. Uh, yeah. So I'm coming from a very uh, sort of uh, uh, prejudiced place on this. Yeah. Um, so that right there, um, the art isn't that distracting to me. Okay. It's got some crazy looking wings that make me think that I could get up to high speeds and still get good traction. So I'm going to do this as my one day. Okay. Uh, my F. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then that leaves the Liechtenstein. Uh, yeah. I like that for my daily driver. It's Okay. It, for okay. some reason, that art seems to flow with the body a little better. It yeah. doesn't really distract from it. Right. Uh, so I'm going to use that as my daily drive. And it also has cool wings and stuff that would make it fun to drive. Yeah. Uh, and then the the first the, one you showed me, to me, the that, Hockney. that yeah. one is too distracting. The, the art on that car... 
Um, I can't really even tell the fender lines very well on it sure. because the art is so bold. Right. Uh, so um, again, I hate to take a beautiful thing like that and put it in a crusher, but since I got to do one, uh, that would be the one I, I get would it. choose. I get it. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, it is an eight series, so it's kind of like a <laughs> a, a Ford probe at some right, point. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. And I'm trying to ignore that part and just look right. at the skin. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. I like that. I love. I think the BMW R car project was really cool because it it was uh, originally for like race cars. Yeah. So that would be the race the race livery for yeah the, uh, yeah, for yeah. The racing series yeah. that they that and they I think did. this is the latest one that they've did uh, done. It's a uh, oh no they've done a few since I've been aware of it, but it's a Jeff Koons uh, BMW. Um, nice. Yeah. That, I think that one's oh, really cool yeah. too. It's very dynamic looking. Yeah. It looks like it's going 100 miles an hour even though it's sitting still. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because this reminds me a ton of what we were just talking about which is the flying circus. I mean, this is basically yeah. the flying circus of cars. Yeah. And instead right? of going to battle in the air, they went to battle on the track. Yeah. And uh, this this cocky kind of like Ex- you know, totally different from everybody else. I think it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, I like that. I like that uh, way to bring it back. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, so getting back to the history of the car. Of, yeah, of, yeah, of, yeah. Of the Varsity Roadster. Um, I So from going from sketches yeah. to like physical manifestation, <laughs> like yeah, summoning yeah. something, yes. how, what was that process? So, yeah, so th- it... Uh, it happened to be that of all the cars we looked at before, the only one I could really afford to own, and it was even a stretch, was a Corvette. And the only way I could get one of those old Corvettes was to get a real basket case one. Uh, so it meant that I had to learn a little bit about how to, to build cars. And I, so that, yeah, the, that uh, one we showed, the, the yeah. drawing of the black one. And it was very, very fortunate that I landed on... Uh, Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. So that was that was what I bought. That was after I fixed it up. Uh, so I bought it for uh, you know, a pretty reasonable price because it was pretty beat up. Uh, but and when was this? This was like this not- was when I was a resident. So I w- this would have been in the uh, late eighties. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, as a medical resident, salary you don't have a lot of money. Uh, but everything I owned, I would starve to put money into buying this car. Sure. So I saved everything I got. I got a basket case 58 Corvette and this is, without too much work, this is what it looked like. And uh, I just loved that car and I was in Los Angeles at the time and as I was telling you guys, I would go to a restaurant and they would move the Ferrari out of the way to put this car up front and every time I came out of anywhere people were all around the car and I just, that happened so many times it started me thinking that, uh, you know, this isn't just me that appreciates this look. There are a lot of people out there like the look of this car. And people would always say, God, I wish they designed cars like that now. You know, why don't they design cars like this right. now? Yep. And so I was like, well, I'm going to design something like this now. I'm going to make a car that has this aesthetic, but it's going to be modern underneath. It'll have, you know, it won't overheat. It'll have, uh, <laughs> it'll have uh, you know, an aluminum block engine and, and disc brakes instead of uh, drum brakes and, and yeah. good suspension and all the stuff that we take for granted now, but they didn't have back then. Right, right. So that was uh, sort of the idea is to, to hit that home run with art like these guys did, or at least try to, and then, but have it be a reliable modern car that you could drive every day. Uh, and and it, it just every time somebody would, would, Google over that car, it put another log on the fire for me. Absolutely. This was a legitimate project that could even be marketable. And I had, you know, pipe dreams of, of marketing the car and selling them and, and all that stuff, which never materialized. But but the, the, that was what the motivation was. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, I mean, the old adage, like sometimes you have to go there just to come back. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so, so anyway, the, the next chapter was that uh, it was so fortunate that this ended up being the car that I chose uh, because I wrecked it. Right. Yeah. And, we'll uh, we'll get to that. Picture yeah. of that coming up. Yeah. There's, yeah. There was the the wreck. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's after I took off the piece that I damaged. Okay. And uh, had this been any of the other cars which are made out of metal, I would have really been in trouble because tooling metal or repairing metal for a novice like me was yeah. not possible. Um, well, and some of those cars were handmade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's so like wheel and there's just no way. It would be, I mean, it'd just be astronomically expensive to try to get it repaired. The, the molds may have caught fire because right. they were just wood, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. Just hammered yeah, aluminum. Put a piece of aluminum on a piece of wood. So luckily, just a twist of fate, this car is made out of plastic and it's assembled the same way a little plastic model would be assembled like you made in third grade. Uh, you just sand off the paint and find where the the parts come together and saw off that particular piece and then uh, the Corvette hobby is very strong so you can overnight Federal Express a new replacement piece that's modern and, and remanufactured uh, which is what the next slide is is the, the yeah. remanufactured corner piece and uh, just glued it there with some special glue they make for Corvette fiberglass. It, and it's serendipitous. Totally. Like that it totally. happened that if, way. if it hadn't happened this way, I never would have thought about building a whole car. Right. You know, I had the idea because I wanted to design a car, but I thought I'd make a little clay model and that's as far as it would go. But doing this, I was like, you know, I'm at full scale here. And it's pretty easy. It took a day yeah. to fix this. Yeah. Uh, it, maybe a couple more days to do the paint and everything. But sure. the actual body thing took a day. Snapping it in and place. it was wow. like, yeah. dang, that was easy. And I've never done this before. And it came out fine. You know? Yeah. Uh, the, I think the next picture shows the piece bonded yeah, in. Yeah, look at that. And, uh, you know, if you just take your time and sand it, it, it comes out great. And then the white paint job's very forgiving. I painted it up. Yeah. And uh, I, all the while, your wheels are turning. Totally. About how and you could like map this into something more in the future. This succeeded this yeah. little operation. Uh, the more I realized, hey, you know, I could, I, and I'd done it about the same time I was doing some sculpting in clay and learning how to make molds from sculpted clay pieces sure. and use the molds to make uh, the real thing. Uh, and so I was making molds and learning how to pull molds off of off of shapes and it all just kind of came together it never would have happened if I'd had a metal car right so a Corvette that was just pure luck uh, or bad luck I guess <laughs> depending <laughs> no, that's all uh, it, it led to the project that's well, a life you know lemonade kind of yeah, story yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, for yeah. sure yeah I'm also just impressed by anyone who managed to fix their car pre-YouTube <laughs> it's just like amazing yeah, to me. yeah. well <laughs> it, was, it was either fix it or it would be like that for the rest of its life true and I couldn't afford true. to get it fixed so yeah. and I love the car. I love driving it so much. I was going to do whatever it took. To, if I had to make a paper mache corner piece, I was <laughs> sure, going to do sure. that. I was right. going to get it back on the road as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Just welded license plates yeah, together. Exactly. To like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just going to hammer out some carpet or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 You didn't have the benefit of hearing someone like in Tennessee go, hey, y'all, today I'm going right, to show exactly. you how to, yes. how to yeah. make potato soup and fix a Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that's that, it with all the, the, the chrome stuck back on it. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. It came out great. You yeah. Know? Uh, and uh, so. That's so uh, that, fantastic how all these pieces come together. Yeah, I, it was I love just, that. You know, fortune that, that, uh, that it was like that. And yeah. now I'm like hot to trot. I've, I've made yeah. a clay model. I love it. Yeah. I know how to work at scale in fiberglass now. So now I'm off to the races. And this is the clay model that I used. And uh, I picked uh, a scale that models at the model shop are made. Yeah. So I could get 
little wheels to put on it, little yep. lights to put on it, little bumpers and the glass and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, kind of dress it up to make sure I liked every way that it came together. And uh, I just loved it. You know, I, I kind of thought making the clay model would be the death of the project because it wouldn't. A lot of things in my life, I, I they look great in my head, but they don't look that great when you make them in real life. I get that. Yeah. So I expected the model to kind of come out. Ah, that's that doesn't excite me, you know. Sure. But the sure. model really excited me, uh, and I loved the way it looked. It was really just exactly what I thought a sports car should look like. Right. Fifty, sixty styling, but a little different from the ones that existed. You know, the the Corvette I owned was a little long and kind right. Of, big looking from some aspects and this was smaller and more nimble looking yeah masculine and feminine at the same time it just it was is a little more beefy and aggressive than the e-type which can look a little fragile from some some sure. vantage points yeah so i really i fell in love with the card and i'm not at all trying to say that it's, it's the greatest looking car because a lot of people wouldn't agree with that but for me no i like yeah, it was yeah. the greatest looking car ever. absolutely absolutely well and it definitely changed a bit from yeah. from here now that like i got a better look at this like yeah you have the yeah, kind of cobra uh, you have the yeah. Cobra bumpers. Well, I thought and the I hood had to have bumpers, too. and it uh, turned out that you don't. And the thing that's bad for me in bumpers, as we'll talk about later, the rear of the car folds open to right. let the hardtop go in. So the bumpers couldn't attach to the frame. They would just have to be put oh. on the body. And bumpers on the body aren't really bumpers at all. Right. Right. So uh, I had to ditch the bumpers because uh, I couldn't make them act like real bumpers. Sure. And sure. Uh, I, without the bumpers, I thought it looked even cooler. Yeah. So uh, the bumpers make it look older. Uh, and more vintage looking, uh, and I, I like them in some ways, but I end up ditching the bumpers. But at this stage, I didn't realize that was going to be the case. I I think without the bumpers, it adds another layer to the oh my goodness, what is that yeah, kind of yeah, look? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. those vertical bumpers on the front are very Cobra E. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. I think that would even get me more Cobra kick car <laughs> comments, which frustrate me no end. <laughs> well, and the and the hood scoop being up high. Yeah, yeah, I that's Cobra well. E too. Yeah, yeah. we're um, gonna yep. get you a like a vanity license plate that's just not a, <laughs> Ain't cobra. a cobra. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so what, how did you uh how did you land? I'm fascinated by that hood scoop because it, yeah. it's it's such an interesting design element because it's very not an American car. It's not yeah. not Corvette and it's not really an English car thing either. Yeah. Which are the two other main influences? It it's was more Italian. Yeah, that BMW. was again trying to uh be more mechanical and engineering minded the uh i'd read a lot about how uh you know i was trying to learn like scrambling to learn how cars worked at this point so here i am right. like this sort of faker artist guy hobbyist artist and i've got the art part comfortable as far as the shape of the car right but now i'm like okay the next step i'm going to need to learn how to build a car like what cars are made of and how they work and i read a ton and one of the things i read was about how an internal combustion engine works and that uh, you know you mix fuel and oxygen and you ignite that little bomb and that's what gives the energy to make the car move and the uh, the more fuel you can put in and the more oxygen you can put in the bigger bang you get which means horsepower mm -hmm. so for fuel that's easy you just increase the diameter of your hose or the pump behind it you can put lots of fuel into a car but air is the tricky air part. is tricky you know how yeah. do you get more air in there and that's what superchargers and and turbochargers or all these forced air systems are all about. But another way to do it is to make the air that enters your intake manifold as oxygen dense as possible. And uh, oxygen density changes a lot with temperature. It does. So yeah. I wanted my, this is a long answer to your question, but I wanted the air entering my motor to come 
from a place that wasn't hot. Right. And uh, the Cobra intake manifold or intake opening in the hood was kind of over the boiler room, you know, over yeah. over everything else. So I wanted my air to come in at the nose of the engine before anything got hot, which meant that the air intake hole had to be very close to the front of the car. And, um, it, you know, come to find out that's what all the people are doing now with their air, with commercial cars. Right. And they're doing it for a reason. You get a little bit more oxygen density in the colder air that hasn't got hot from the engine. Yeah. It's just so, it's it's interesting to hear the the different um, like in, in, reasons you had for doing things because so many of your decisions were purely aesthetic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then every once in a while you're like, well, but yeah. I, I, still, I still want it to be fast. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and I got to admit, if I, 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 when I modeled the longer scoop, I loved it. Yeah. If it had looked bad, I would have just said, screw it. I'm going to have right. a car that doesn't have as much horsepower, but right. it looks cool. So coolness was still the number one priority, mm-hmm. but that was a nice instance where I thought that the the practical or the sort of pragmatic mechanical solution mm-hmm. actually was more aesthetic yeah. than without it. And that was the same with the humps. We talked about the humps behind the seats. Yeah. That yeah. was something that started out as a practical solution. And then it turned out to be an artistic solution that heightened the art of the car. So, yeah. uh, and that was this hood scoop's a great example of that too. Right. Yeah. No, I love the where you landed on the double the double hump. Double hump. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's a very like uh, it makes it look like it has racing pedigree because that's yeah, usually yeah, something yeah. you see yeah. on like old yes. Le Mans cars. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yep. So yep. yeah. So that's the uh, the final. Shouldn't say final, but that's that's a that's this kind is of, the foam one, right? Yeah, that's yep. a solid piece of foam with bondo on top of it, and uh, some lights and windshield glass put in place uh, yeah. to sort of get an idea of what the thing was going to look like. Yeah. So how many years in is this? So this uh, started the the full scale started at ni- in 1995, and this is 2002. Okay. And, wow. uh, yeah. So, but but remember, I'm working like at night a couple hours, sure. on the weekends a couple yeah. hours. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if I really dedicated myself to full time, it wouldn't have taken nearly that much time. Okay. But it took forever because sure. I was dabbling, you know. Life. Yeah, yeah. but still, that's yeah. that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, so, are what, uh, from here to where what's sitting in the driveway, so you've lost the bumpers. Yep. I think the, the fog lights are a little different. No, they're the no, same. They're the same? Yep. They, those might actually even be the ones. Oh, actually, those funny. I think are on the black car. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And then so the, those are motorcycle headlights that okay. I needed for little small diameter fog lights. Yeah. Yeah. And then the uh, the windshield, that's already the Corvette windshield? Yeah. So that's Corvette glass. Yeah, we were talking before about the, one of the challenges was to make sure that after I put all this time and money into this thing, it would be allowed to be put on the street. So I had met before I even, way before this stage, kind of at the small clay model stage, I met with the Department of Transportation and one of their stickler things is DOT approved glass and lights. Yeah. So I looked around and found I wanted that curved glass yeah. look yeah. and the Corvette 56 through 62 glass is like that and it's readily available, you know, right you can get a brand new piece today uh, because that that hobby is so strong. So so that's that's the uh, piece of glass that that worked the best for me. I, I love that you can find a Corvette glass and have it like overnight yes. to you, but to get a shift knob replacement <laughs> for my 1999 <laughs> Saab Vigan, uh, I can't do it. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> yeah. I had some other taillights I liked better than the taillights I settled on, okay. but they were from a Pontiac, a 68 Pontiac passenger car. Okay. Beautiful artfully designed things but no one no one is interested in that car enough to remanufacture them right so it would be like searching junkyards right. finding rusted right. ones sanding them re right. them and 
versus one click on your Add laptop. To cart. <laughs> exactly. And I've got taillights for my car. So, right, right. You know, back then when I had aspirations of manufacturing this, I had to think practically. So that was a compromise, yeah, actually. Yeah. The taillights were a compromise, uh, and it was because I couldn't get large numbers of them brand new yeah. uh, like I could Corvette stuff. Yeah, interesting. No, this this is fantastic. I I love these <laughs> Lego pieces of how it, how it came together. Yeah. So here's Carl Coleman, the gentleman on the left of this picture, yeah. right and there. he is an expert at taking people's projects that are solid chunks of foam or clay and uh, making molds. And I considered myself an expert at that for small like sculptures of people's faces and stuff sure but i wasn't an expert at something in this scale and in this material right. uh so clay is really easy to pull a mold off of because it's soft it'll never stick permanently to the mold material you're applying to it but this stuff uh the piece is fiberglass bondo and the mold you're applying to its surface is fiberglass so there's a risk of the two chemically bonding together and if that happens you're done you've lost your your whole thing so i just spent seven years making this big shape and i didn't want to risk uh losing it in the mold making process yeah. so here's a guy who's uh has a reputation for making surfboards and hot tubs and car bodies and anything fiberglass if you take your your shape to him he can make molds and really nice quality parts so i partnered with him to do the next step which was making molds from my shape uh, this is on a trailer he lives in arizona so i yeah. take this shape on a trailer down to arizona with your uh, toyota pickup truck with my v6 <laughs> toyota pickup <laughs> yep. truck, which never was the same after this <laughs> uh, you can't it's you can kind of see the snow in the background uh-huh i yeah. uh because of my work schedule i had to leave at like midnight and come back like in 24 hours. I just need to get it down there, give it to him and come back. And it was in the worst snowstorm ever. <sighs> I actually went off the road with the truck and the trailer. No. And, yeah. Ugh. Seriously. And I said, the is front of the truck brown. has all, totally. And <laughs> it was a nightmare trip that took like way, way longer than it should have. Oh, and, uh, Ted. But, but it was so worth it. You know, and at that point, you're just sick with passion. You know, sure. I just, yeah. I'm dreaming about going to this, getting the car done and getting to this guy's shop. And yeah. I would have like, Put the trailer hitch on my belt buckle and walk there <laughs> yeah. if I had to. It was just, the, yeah, exactly. It like just, Rocky Four training was, montage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just a sick person, you know. Yeah. I was ill. Yeah, determined. 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 Okay, yeah. that's a nicer way to yeah. say it, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, so here's a, this is at Carl's shop, and uh-huh. Carl uh, sort of looked at my stuff and prettied it up a little bit. There were some places where I had, he had a more sophisticated tool for getting right to left symmetry than I had. Oh, okay. And uh, he got it a little more symmetric and smoothed out the surface better because obviously any imperfection in that surface is going to be built into every mold, which right. is going to be built into every part. Yeah. So it was critical that this piece be flawless. Yeah, uh, you, your problem would reproduce. Yes, yeah. exactly. For <laughs> yeah. imp- forever. And yeah. uh, what, one of the things I'd learned along the, pr- the process of this was that there were a lot of people doing this. Uh, it sounds really unique, but actually like anything else, if you look deep enough, there's a community of people doing this. They have their own magazine. They have their right. own meetings. And I was sort of a voyeur to that culture. Yeah. And uh, most of the things that people were, me- were making were, you'd look at them and say, something ain't right about that. That's somebody's right. homemade something. That's not a production car. And sure. a, a lot of that came from right-left asymmetry. And I think our eye is is tuned to pick that up oh, subconsciously. It, 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 you don't look at it and say, ah, right-left asymmetry. You look at it and say, that ain't right. right. And it's not right because the right and left, we're used to cars being right-left symmetric. Absolutely. Like, to a T. Yeah. Uh, and, and also little imperfections and little waves in the body contour those things are little, so sort to of subconscious 
clues to us that that's not a real car. Right. And uh, I really, if, if I was going to do this, I needed this to look like a production car that uh, that had none of those flaws. So I was really a sticker on right-left symmetry and having the body be perfect and smooth. And that's why the first car was black. Sure. Black just doesn't let you get away with anything. If you have an imperfection in the surface, you'll see it in black right away. Okay. So okay. the first car had to be black and it had to come out perfect. And I knew if I could get a black car that looked straight and perfect, any other color would work fine. That's fantastic. Know? Yeah. So yeah. black was the starter. Yeah. No, that that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the symmetry thing always, like, I'm fascinated with symmetry in automotive design. Like, uh -huh. the Nissan Cube is not a huge seller. Right. Like, yeah, it was yeah, trendy yeah. for a while. It had that weird D-pillar whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah, right? Uh, BMW had a concept car with a weird asymm asymmetrical design. The Hyundai Veloster, which I'm obsessed with. I love those uh -huh. little Velocers. They're three-door cars, uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. like two on the passenger side. Yeah, but, like, the, the eye, like... Our, our instinct is just to pick that out where like something with the Nissan Cube where it's so big and bold, it's like, yeah. okay, that's just quirky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But anything that ap approaches like trying to be symmetrical but isn't. Right. No, yeah. is that yeah. either like commit to yes yeah. or no. Yeah. And I I really love those asymmetric cars uh, because I that's so brave of their designers yeah. to go there. Right. And there was actually a time when I was doing this body where I had one fog light on and the other one was no fog light and it was kind of cool looking in okay. a way and okay. I thought for a second about it and I think that was so uh, so overtly asymmetric that right. it wouldn't you wouldn't like look at it and say that's wrong. It's just like oh that guy made it asymmetrically. Right, right. Uh, so so you're right. It's the subtle asymmetry that makes it sour. Yeah. Uh, yep. We're like bold, but bold we talked about the it. we talked about the D type earlier. Yeah. And it right. has the single yes, single yep. hoop in the single hump hoop. in the back. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. And and uh and the they they used to sometimes not even have a passenger seat. It would yeah. be yep. fiberglassed over there. So yeah. that's asymmetric. And yeah. those work, I think, just like what you guys were saying, it, it's yeah. boldly asymmetric. So you accept right. right away it's gonna be as asymmetric. But if it's supposed to be symmetric and it's not, right. that is that's a problem. Yeah. And yeah. the bar that you set that you were mentioning earlier was that it it looked like a production car. Yeah, had to right? look like a production it, car. It would not look homemade. Right, right. Yep. That's that's a very high bar. So you had these you had these artistic and emotional benchmarks, and yet this this standard of it passing as a production yeah, car. Yeah, that was the goal. That yeah, was what we were which trying I think, to, I think you su succeeded at. Thanks, I mean, thank yeah, you. it it looks fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So here's the, here's yeah, the fiberglass so this molds. Is, uh, these yeah. are molds on the the, the piece so I was showing brilliant. earlier. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it was. I love this face. You know. Yeah. So these are basically plastering you put on some material that's like liquid dish soap so that nothing sticks to the bodywork and then you build these surface molds and there's a mold on the front of the car that pulls toward us off the front and it's currently bolted with that flange to a mold behind it that does the fenders all the way back to the firewall yeah and so these are just two pieces bolted together and actually the the body isn't under this this uh you would you would build this by applying that material to the the shape that i made but right, right. now the shape's gone and these right. are just two mold just pieces molds. bolted together yeah yeah it, it the idea of having to have something coat your car yeah just enough that it doesn't yes. bring an imperfection into the fiberglass yeah right like just like Oh man, that that had to be so nerve wracking, it was f horrifying for me. <laughs> like, way too scary that I could I couldn't do it myself. And, right, uh, right. And even this guy, Carl Coleman, whom I showed er surely earlier as being an expert, you know, I said, "Can you guarantee me that we're not going to lock up a mold on this piece?" He's right. like, "No, I can't guarantee it, but 
you know, it hasn't happened to me in 10 years. Okay. So okay. I'm still scared, but right. uh, right. but if, I figured if it, it, I can't stop here. Right. And if we're going to make molds, the safest way to make molds is have this guy do them because he has a one in 10 year flaw rate and I have a one in three part fall <laughs> right, flaw rate. Right, right. So, uh, so Carl's doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Oh, I, I would just be, <laughs> I would just be panicking so much when you, you said you design. went you would go down there once a month yeah so. once a month i'd go down there so did you like fill it in and then leave or were you there for like the unveiling as well or did you have to like sit on your hands for a month going like I don't oh know gonna well we we started with uh we may have even started with this this is the mold for the hood okay and uh because if, if you were going to have to redo a piece yeah the hood right? is you know it's not the whole thing it's a yeah. ton of work to make the hood sure uh, but it isn't as much work as the whole thing you right know? right so one of the things that lessened the anxiety was it wasn't like an all or nothing whole car gets ruined it's right. like a right-sided door might lock up and then we'd have to redo the right-sided door Right, right. And he he was so good at this that I felt like if we needed to do a right-sided door, he and I could knock that out in probably three or four weeks versus wow. it took me like a year to do a sure, door, you know? Sure, So uh, So I, I felt a little more comfortable. And as pieces started to come out perfectly, and he he's such a great craftsman, these parts, we'll see one in a second. Yeah. Uh, this is the hood mold with, it actually has a part in it, and the hood mold's a two-piece mold, a uh, sandwich mold. So there's a, a, a mold bolted to the top and the backside, and uh, that's just kind of what the mold looks like for the hood, With a, and there's fiberglass in there curing, right? now in these pictures that's amazing yeah so here's the you said this yeah was so the that's first the first part. thing we ever made which was the outer door skin for the driver's side door yeah and uh, this was an unveiling you know so i when i left the month before this hadn't been made and when i arrived for my next trip out there uh it was like we got a part let's look at it and he like seriously like pulled a a, a rag off of this thing and, and there it is and it just was gleaming it was so smooth and so perfect and uh, it uh, it was also one of the parts on the car that's unique to this car because right about where the door handle is on our left side the body where it kicks into the rear wheel wells yeah. and so there's this big flare back there so it was unique looking and I could identify it as mine yeah and uh it was flawless it was gorgeous it was like god i don't even need to paint this i'm just gonna right. do it in gray you know? <laughs> yeah this is yeah so pretty the lines speak for themselves yeah, exactly yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly so yeah. so this was a huge moment for me to have that part come out and have it come out so pretty absolutely that's that's amazing yeah that's yeah. super cool there's I, more pieces I, coming out yep yeah. i can't imagine the anxiety of yeah, oh, it was <laughs> it was super. I mean, I just had so much invested in it, money and time. Yeah, and to think about there being a chance, even if it's one in ten years, which is many, many, many projects for him, uh, it's not zero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's enough to yeah. keep me up at night. Yeah. So yeah, here's uh, uh, the process of making two cars and uh, different parts coming out of molds and being applied to uh, frames. Uh, and at that time, we didn't really have a. We used some. Uh, sort of jigs for frames. Uh, sure. Well, the, one of them had a frame that we later changed, but uh, we were basically just trying to make the body on something rigid that we could apply the right. pieces together and see if everything fit well. And, yeah. And uh, Carl, Carl was really good. These pictures, it's hard to show, but one of the things he added to the project that I didn't is um, things like return lips 
and uh, drip railing molding and, oh. and just little details. Okay. Um, like uh, f- if you think about the cutout for the wheel well, uh-huh. um, a lot of the people who made their own cars, they just cut it out. So there was a single ply edge there. Right. Instead of a tuck instead of under. A go, in, in a real car, there's actually a little 90 degree quarter inch or half inch yeah. lip under there. Right. And even that at the end of it has an upward one that's an eighth of an inch. And so it's a really complex little feature that is easy to overlook, but it, it's one of the subtle things that if yeah. you don't have it, yep. it doesn't look factory. Yep. And uh, yep. he was adding stuff like that. And uh, I was like, oh, that's so important. And I didn't wow. think about it. It didn't occur to me. Sure, sure. But it really, that was like taking the whole thing up to another level yeah. to have those little details that subconsciously you register when you look at a car right but it isn't something you would consciously plan as you're designing it you know? sure that's amazing yeah yeah and, he, and without him that never would have happened but he'd made wow. enough cars yeah and he knew that like water needed to run off of this yeah place to here. yeah and so so he was it was so nice to have his expertise on that that's amazing yeah yeah a while ago i was trying to figure out uh why uh, part of my older Saab was leaking. And so uh-huh. I was following where water was going uh-huh. and I had never paid attention to exactly where water flowed yeah. on a car. And it's like, yeah. oh, like it, it almost flows through the inside more than <laughs> yeah, it does yeah. the outside. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah it's just, just it, You got to imagine at a big company, there's some one person who's like in charge of water <laughs> right. movement on the car. And right. It, right. There's so much into it that it's, it yeah. makes you wonder if like some engineer actually, that was his task or her task as, to as, design that as if you didn't have enough with medical school you know <laughs> being a doctor an artist and now you're thinking about fluid dynamics yeah. <laughs> yeah. thank god carl was thinking about yeah. it because yeah. i i wasn't until he introduced the idea and yeah. it was so important yeah you i i just imagine like the one-man band like with the harmonica yeah. and like the <laughs> exactly. symbols between your knees like, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. It was, absolutely it was all about that but yeah. with some good talented help too carl that's, was that's in, invaluable so yeah. from from where you are here to the finished product that was on the road with the black car, how how many more changes did you go through on like frame and mechanicals, like the suspension design and the and oh, the lots and, and lots and lots. Um, for the biggest challenge was having the hard top fit in the back, and that yeah. required a lot of recalculating and changing. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, wheel clearance in the front right. and putting a flare on the front fender. And there were probably, you know, 20 uh, different versions of that problem solving that had to happen to make it not just a static piece of art, but something that could actually drive and turn and go over bumps and right. uh, and uh, have the hardtop deployable uh, and fit in the back without the back being huge. And it was, it was a real challenge, that I stuff. Bet. But your perspective on issues at this time... Uh-huh. I would imagine would be quite a bit different than your perspective on issues earlier on because mm-hmm. you're so much closer to seeing the end result. Yeah, oh, at definitely. This time. Yeah, right. And, and every yeah. at every month, I would be like, "We're a month away from finishing this." Thing, right, you know? right. And yeah. uh, we never were, but it was just like almost where I could reach out and grab it. So this uh, that picture just showed the the Corvette that uh, this isn't my Corvette, but it's the same year '58. Okay, and it just I took the with picture. the hard top. Yeah, yeah, so it has the hard top on, and the cars look really cool with the hard top on. Yeah, and they were so. Uh, nice to have uh, if the weather was bad you could roll up the door glass and you essentially had a coupe yeah. right. and they were harder to break into than a canvas sure. car 
and better weather resistance. So I really yeah. wanted a hardtop for my car, but the Corvette hardtops couldn't come with you if you took your car out. Yeah. So you had to decide, like look at the sky and say, it's not going to rain today right. and I'm not bringing my hardtop or it's going to rain today. I'm going to be in a hardtop, which isn't as fun as being a cor- in a convertible. So I really wanted my hardtop to come with me everywhere. Yeah. And if I needed to just crack the back open like this and take the hardtop out and put it on, which we did together this morning. Actually, we took it off, but yeah. you saw sort of the process of it's changing it from a coupe to a yeah. convertible. Yeah. 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 And and we want to be sensitive to your time here, so yeah, so we we can yeah. no, keep, yeah. we're good. I uh, okay. I, I got a meeting at noon. Oh, so, okay. Uh, yeah. or actually, twelve fifteen. So okay. I should probably leave at noon. No problem. No problem. So yeah. that's just the the car with the hardtop prototype. That's a yeah. solid piece of wood. Uh, hardtop okay. uh, was the thing we used to make molds for the hardtop. And is this uh, is this cut out for working on the mechanics oh of rolling God, glass yeah. up so and down? I, you know, a lot of these project cars and kit cars don't have roll up glass or yeah. even door handles. And I was like, nope, we're having we're going to get roll up glass, and sure. it's going to be a real car that way. So yeah, you can roll up the doors w- glass when the hardtop's on. It's going to be a coupe, and that was a challenge. Uh, I the door's very short because I wanted my yeah. to sit on the rear axle the way a lot of like the E type Jag long bonnet out. Yeah, front, yeah. Sit on the rear axle in the rear, and uh, so I didn't have a lot of room for door glass, and uh, it was that was a challenge. And we actually had to cut the bod, to cut that precious door, sure. Off, and uh, we ended up making another skin to replace it, but right. to just get the layout of how the door channel window glass elevator right. machinery was going to work. Right. Uh, it was it was a challenge and get it all crowded in there and figuring out like how much this needed to come yeah. down yeah. on the top. Uh, yeah. 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 And it had to fit the top had to fit in the back too. Right. So right. It was, it was a, that was the most difficult thing to do. And yeah. Carl is it was great, but but this was new territory for him too. So sure. we really had to we did a lot of work reworking and working and reworking on this. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. And here's, here's so the finished product. that's black car yeah, with black the car. top on. Yeah. So that's uh, what my hard top looks like. And it's French. The whole rear window is Frenched in so that it'll fit in the back. And it ended up being that. I kind of like the look of that. You know, sure. The glass being inset a little from the rear. Yeah. Uh, it just is different. Adds a and, little pop. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like it's that. And, and yeah, some directional aspects yeah, to the design. Yeah. 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 And uh, I, I know you said you didn't like these wheels as much. I really love those wheels. Those wheels oh, are fantastic. Yeah. Great. I think yeah. they look great. Yeah. So those are yeah. the old rally, Chevy rally wheels taken apart and the mounting piece brought out. I think the... I, uh, I think it's Rudge wheels that are the German version they put on the old uh, Gull Wings. I think. I might be wrong about okay, that name. Okay. The real uh, enthusiasts are probably cringing that I'm getting uh, that wrong. Four but. people listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was my attempt at making a Rudge wheel. I also didn't like the inauthenticity of a fake knockoff. Sure. So that was that always I felt guilty about. The, the fact that that isn't a real knockoff, but oh, okay. I like the look of that wheel too. And I drove, yeah. I rode those wheels for a long time on the black car and even on the red car for a long time. I, I think it add, not only does it add style and meet the retro elements of, the, right. of that, like the period correct uh, feel, just kind of the emotions that are evoked mm-hmm. from it, but I think it adds just an element of, of practicality because they, like your ground clearance isn't crazy low. Like right. we were joking when you came in, you just flew into my driveway <laughs> like, like it was nothing where uh, Ian can't lo- drive over a picture of a pothole <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no yeah, they're practical strong wheels they're heavy but uh, you know that the whole car weighs 2,400 pounds so a little yeah, extra weight in the wheels doesn't <laughs> right. it's unsuspended weight so it's uh, yeah but, uh, but yeah I changed to wires I like the wire wheel look yeah. a little more European-y looking yeah yeah for but, sure uh, but but I uh, no thanks I, I, I appreciate the compliment I like no. those wheels too yeah yeah, no, that's great. How did you land on the name Varsity? 
So Parks is my last name, which uh-huh. is very static. I mean, Parks would be a good name for like a, a riding mower maybe, but not, <laughs> not, a, uh, not a sports car, you know? Sure. So uh, at the time when I was in high school, kind of drawing cars and thinking about cars a lot, sports were important to me and varsity was like the top level. So, sure, sure. So it seemed like that was a, a, right. a name that would make sense. It, and it does for the for the benchmarks that you were setting for yourself. No, yeah. yeah. I, I really like that, like these standards that you were placing upon uh, yourself for meeting and and yeah it, and it's funny the 50s and 60s cultures were like letter jackets and, sure and so that it kind of had that little uh, there was a little nuance of yeah that absolutely uh, so so that's what I landed on it wasn't a, a funny thing is looking at uh, potential names and some cool names that I liked but they were already taken you know yeah. you have to search and make sure you're coming sure. up with something oh, yeah. that yeah. isn't already being made and <laughs> right. it's always mind-boggling how many things are being made or or used already so uh, yeah. you start with a limited number of things to choose from and, and this fit the bill and also wasn't used at the time yeah we'll just buy domain names as a joke yeah, so like whoa. Oh, yeah <laughs> yeah that's something we just Good do sport. for fun yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly I own my better my baby is better than your baby dot com on a whim just as a joke <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so you're competing you're, against people that already have names Names registered just yes. because, right? right? That aren't even that, using them, yeah. right? That haven't even <laughs> gone this far, right? Like, they exactly. probably can't even draw, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, harsh realities, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So that's the engine on the black car. Which yeah. Is, uh, at the time that I was doing this, which is about 1990, at this stage, like I had to make decisions about what my engine compartment was going to be like sure. in terms of its dimensions and where the motor mounts were going to be on the frame, and always trying to squeeze the weight as rearward as possible, and yeah. what my bell housing was going to be like, how big it was going to be, and what the transmission was going to be. So I had to make some decisions pretty early, and so at 1990, I was choosing my motor, and this was uh, sort of a top of the heap motor back then. Uh, it isn't anything like a Ferrari motor, but sure. it's, it's serviceable. I learned, I'd sort of cut my teeth on a Chevy 350 with my Corvette. So I was yeah. comfortable with Chevy yeah. 350. This is a Chevy 350 with just a real pretty sort of 1990s high tech at the time intake manifold. Yeah. So this is the uh, Corvette TPI motor used in Cor- Camaros and Corvettes, uh, 80s and 90s. That's fantastic. Yeah, and there's the, the small block. Yeah, And then the new iteration of that is the LS3. Yeah, yeah, so the LS3, which is so superior, you know, it's 14 years, uh, 24 years later. Is that right? Yeah. yeah 24 years yeah. of technology later. Yeah, we're GM all makes very the old. LS3. <laughs> I was telling you guys, it's 100 pounds lighter because it's yeah. all aluminum. It's 130 more horsepower. And it's about eight miles per gallon better mileage. So in every way, it's superior yeah. to that, that engine. And I'm sure... You know, twenty years from now, there'll be a new engine that's even better. But sure, are you using just, the same transmission, or is it? Yeah, a, I use a, uh, a Tremec T fifty six six speed manual. Okay, which is a really strong transmission. Yeah, and uh, like and the very standard sturdy. for yeah. yeah mating to an LS. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Is yeah. the is the black car also a six speed or is that a five yeah, speed? Yeah, both are both six are Tremec T fifty six. The the red car has a T fifty six Magnum, which I just think means you pay a little more for it. But, <laughs> but, I mean, both of those can handle way more horsepower than I'm generating. Sure, sure. But again, one of the underlying themes was reliability, bulletproof. It just got to be, I don't want ever, ever tear into that transmission. So give me something. I'll pay a couple hundred extra bucks to make sure I never have to think about it. Right, right. And that I was convinced from their marketing that that was going to be, and it's been great. Both those trannies have been awesome. Yeah. And then I'm sorry to keep asking dorky questions. No, it's okay. The rear end, what's that? So that's a... uh, 
a, a Curry is the company, okay. uh, and it's a knockoff on a Ford nine inch. Oh, okay. uh, solid axle, live axle rear end, okay. uh, nine inch uh, differential. So strong, bulletproof. Yeah, um, overbuilt for this. It's got a four eleven gear in it, so it's uh, it's real aggressive for high speed takeoff. Mm-hmm. And then the T fifty six being a six speed, your sixth gear is better than a one to one ratio. So I can go seventy miles per hour at about seventeen hundred RPMs, wow. and, and that. Makes That's the, perfect. The highway mileage really, really good. Yeah. So you had five so close ratio, and then a six. Yeah, is overdrive. Is like an overdrive. Gotcha. Nice. So it's it's perfect. You know, I can yeah. horse around it off the off the start at a yeah. stoplight, and uh, still like go down to Colorado Springs and just sip gas all the way down yeah. there. You know, this is it, this is like an automotive greatest hits album. It, it, well, it, it it's it's yeah. exactly that because every piece on this, I got to look and say, what's my favorite. Fill in the blank. Yeah, you yeah. made and a guess, sweet mixtape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's my greatest hits, the things I want and lust for the most. Yeah, and uh, and I guess that's the reward for building your own car is every little element you get to choose and make it your favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dash work up. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. This is the first uh, iteration of of design on the dash. So I would go to Arizona on these trips and uh, just take cardboard and balsa wood and paper mache or whatever yeah. it took and sculpt things. And I'd torn out three or four of these before I came up with this one. Uh, and uh, it gave me a, a pod for instruments in front of me. Yeah. It gave me a center console for instruments. And I, I love instruments. Uh, yeah. You'll see in a minute, I, this has like 20 different instruments in it. Uh, this was a one instrument console design, which I trashed immediately. But I needed <laughs> uh, uh, room for a radio, sure. my controls. I wanted a glove box. Uh, so okay. I had a glove box door uh, over there. And then uh, this was the next picture, I think, is... Uh, wow, look at that. Final design. That's beautiful. And, uh, and the next picture actually is the final, final design in the black car. Look at that. So, uh, so I really love knowing everything about what's happening in yeah. my engine. So I've got vacuum gauges and all kinds of stuff that you probably don't need. Well, that's but, more of that aviation yeah, influence exactly. kind of yeah. sneaking yeah. in, And it's too. medical, too. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. when a patient's on the operating room table, we monitor everything. Yeah. And you just get all kinds of early warnings if anything's coming astray. And I want that about how my car's running. Early warnings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It all adds up to the reliability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so here's the model, the 118th yep. model up at the top. Yep. Right? This is the, is this solid the foam? foam solid foam, yep. solid foam with Bondo after Carl has made it smooth and nice. And you'll oh, okay. see in the, um, oh, sorry. Let me that's kick okay, back. in yeah. the uh, cove on the side. Right, some here's little some little spears that, yep. that was something I was into for a while. I ended okay. up not doing that because it was just getting a little too, I, I tend to over design things and that was definitely a little too much. This is, so it looked better without those, I thought. This is the getting dressed and removing one thing. Yeah, exactly. Kind of yeah, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Or maybe yeah. three things for me because I really like to overdo it. Uh, and then the bottom one is actually a real body on a frame. Okay. Uh, no engine or transmission, sure. but just starting to see how things were. And I'm yeah. just, I, I, I loved the way it was coming together. Yeah. It has those rudge wheels on it. Yeah. Uh, or my tr- attempt at making rudge wheels. That's oh, beautiful. It's beautiful. And this is a great guy, Mike Gerace, who's no longer doing this kind of work, but uh, at the time he had a body repair shop and was an enthusiast for hot rods and, and homemade cars and uh, just a super skilled, he can, He comes from a farming family and farmers can build anything. They can. Super, like, Most resourceful. Yeah, it's yeah. super resourceful and innovative and yeah. uh, they know how to weld. And uh, This guy yep. was just a genius in so many things and he helped me so much in the like you know exhaust uh, routing and uh, brake lines, fuel lines, 
paint. He painted that car, and the paint on the black car is just flawless. I mean, wow. it's it, a lot of it is credit to Carl for making a body that's straight and good. But uh, Mike spent a ton of time making that paint just gorgeous. So I got a, a here in Colorado shout out for him. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. His shop was in Thornton. He's n- he's not doing this kind of work anymore. But okay. uh, God, he's a, he's a great guy to work with. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I love this picture because yeah. the, the, this is the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, like that spans like 25 years of yeah. blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> yeah, uh, from the the little model, the solid foam, the first one on uh, a frame, and then the real deal Amazing. at the bottom. Yeah, that's just fantastic. Four pictures and so much into it. Yeah, yeah. right. That, that's yeah. And then this is back at Carl's shop with the yeah. two cars. We were up on the uh, the roof doing something and looking through a little hole, and it's like, oh man, look at that. This yeah. this was such a dream come true to me to see these cars, and and I could see here how the humps and the hood scoop kind of complicated, yeah. complemented each other. Yeah. And I just I just loved the way it looked, you know. Yeah. Uh, which I sure better at that point because I'd spent so much time trying to make it what I wanted. Sure. Uh, and I just thought I like that car. I really want that car yeah amazing and this is at uh mike's shop up in thornton when he had this shop and uh we're just putting finishing touches on the black car and uh, getting ready to do more body work and paint the red car amazing yeah there's the red car so yeah so in the development of the red car mike changed his course in life and uh, this is actually a different shop a guy up in brighton named hans gebhardt who's also a genius and uh, he's doing the paint and uh and helping me on this car and this was the first time we had any paint on the car. And I came up and I was just like, oh my God, I just love that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was, it's so pretty. I love the way the red one looks. I think yeah. It's great. Thanks. Thanks. I do too. And I, these I were some both. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, these, uh, these are other people doing what I'm doing. So right. these are other people who have ideas for what a cool car is and unique and and uh, did the same thing. They went out and just built their own designs and they're really creative and some beautiful, some not, but uh, you know, I think <laughs> right. they're all beautiful to their owners. Uh, every, everybody loves the way their kid looks. You sure, know? sure. So, yeah. uh, and the most beautiful boy in the exactly, world. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So these are, these are their children. <laughs> right, and, right. Uh, and they're, you know, they're, it's just cool that, that people are doing this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And some are old, like old in the 50s. Some are, oh, done, yeah. are done now. Yeah. And uh, this is some great examples. All of them uh, had intentions of making, at least all the ones I could read about, the the designers really thought they had something that was going to be just take off on the right. market. And, right. and of course, none of them, including mine, ever did. But it's just, I love the rear tire on this thing. Yeah, it's like ready to that. go four-wheeling or something. Yeah. And probably it's just the only tire he had to stick on there at that time. Right, you know, right. To wheel it from shop to the right. to go out that sunny day and take a picture just of it. Just some roller tires. Yeah. yeah, yeah took it off his wheelies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, it, like it, what, what you've done is monumental. It's, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Like the, the results speak for themselves. The fit and finish of the car looks amazing. The, pra- like such a, such an amazing balance of practicality and just aesthetics, just uh, emotional, like evoking aesthetics. It's oh, fantastic. Thanks. That, that yeah. was the goal. Yeah. Yeah. The things, the things I like about this whole story is are like the idea that like, you know, you can leave a note on someone's windshield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then find out that it's just someone who did the damn thing. <laughs> you know, like you, you, you did it. Yeah. And also just like tracing back, not only like to, because I like doing that in music. I, I kind of used that analogy earlier, like figuring out what, like a band Influences, that I like, like yeah. where, where did that come from? Yeah. Where did that little piece come from? Where did that piece yeah. of instrumentation come from? 
And so you can do that back to other cars with yours, but you can also kind of trace back to other elements in your life, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which well, is really an interesting way to look at cars. And, um, and well, it's fun to deconstruct it and think yeah. about it like this uh, and, and sort of go back archaeologically and put all that together. It's really yeah. a kick for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and I think it's another way that, you know, one of our big things with the show is trying to explain car culture to mm -hmm. people who think about you know art or music or movies uh -huh. or whatever in these sorts of terms uh -huh. and say like well car culture is kind of the same right and kind of being ambassadors for car culture that way uh so a project like this is is perfect for that awesome. it is great it well, absolutely is i think so. we all share the same illness you know yeah, yeah exactly one form <laughs> yeah. <or> the other. <laughs> yeah so yeah um well, this is. I think this is a perfect place to stop. Yeah, we took up a bunch of your time. No, it was yeah. fun, guys. I really. I wish I had more time to to do it with you guys. That was really fun. All right, well, come back anytime. And uh, and thank you so much for uh, again persevering through. <laughs> oh yeah, all I of could that. do this all day long. I mean, it, just, <laughs> it, it thrills me no end to talk about cars, especially this car. I mean, I just yeah. love talking about this car. It's awesome. fantastic. Well, thanks, yeah. thanks so yeah. much for coming on. Yeah, and I, I'm, you guys. I'm sure we'll see you around. Yeah, yeah, just let me know when it airs. I'd love to. To hear it Absolutely. And All right. Thanks. All thanks, Ted. Right. Bye. Well, that was fantastic. That was amazing. Uh, we cannot thank Ted Parks enough for uh, spending time in the Blanket Fort with us. Yeah. Please uh, go read a little bit more about his story on his website, which is right up there on the screen. If you're listening to this, it's varsityroadsters.com, or if you just Google it, it'll get you there. Um, yeah. I just, it's. Uh, you know, like I kind of said it at the end of the show, I just love, you know, you, we kind of spend a lot of time on this show kind of worrying and fretting about the state of car culture and stuff. Yes. But again, you get out there, you leave a note on someone's windshield and you meet a super interesting and, uh, and you know, earnest really nice and well-spoken person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. That, that shares a lot of the same interests that can like, that you have common ground with that you can speak and, and have an amazing dialogue with. Right. Yeah. And, and just, it, it really does go to, go to show like how intersecting all of the yes. other pieces of culture are between art and, you know, he's also, we didn't talk about it on the show, but he's a musician. He's yeah. in a band. Yeah. Um, and all of these things kind of come together. And uh, that's where, to me, car culture is the most interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. Go to his website. Uh, do all of that. And then if you're in Colorado, you know, uh, bust your knee skiing and then have him put you back together. <laughs> exactly. So it's a, it's a one-stop shop sort of operation yeah. here. He can sell you a new knee and a hot rod. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. So rate and review us on iTunes. Mm -hmm. Subscribe on YouTube. This this episode is best watched on YouTube for sure. So, Absolutely. So check it on, out on YouTube. We show so many great pictures of the development of the car and the car itself. Um, yeah. We're at teamclearcoat.com yep. uh, and all the media's social and then you know also get out there leave some notes on windshields <laughs> and uh do the damn thing you yeah. know make stuff and uh and do that yes uh, also call our team clear coat automotive crisis line if you see something like this and you don't know what the heck it is because that's a huge piece of this car yeah uh 720-515-1391 and uh and report it let yes. us know yeah okay we love you we love you everybody goodbye